0: Kilo Alpha Papa Lima Oscar Whiskey India Tango Zulu Have you capluated today I I'm Kaplowitz Media, and uh, this is Kaplowitz Radio, episode 201, entitled, Public Honor, www.kaplowitz.xyz. And for emailing purposes, Kaplowitz Media at mail.com, Kaplowitz Media, the best tasting media. Be sure to subscribe to the Kaplowitz Radio Portfolio of podcasts wherever you are currently listening. Also, rate and review. And hey, general persons, welcome to Friday, the new day of this show. On this week's big, hairy deal of a program, a Kaplowitz Reads Kaplowitz segment followed by the premiere of a roundtable panel discussion, star-studded, then a classic Disillusioned Deep Program podcast episode since we haven't yet dropped a new one this week. Okay, then, let's go get it. But first, before getting it, A word from our sponsors followed by some site Kaplowitz Media Site News Illusione Cigars Deep In Flavor In your mind Illusione Cigars Deep in Flavor. Deep in your mind illusione cigars deep in Flavor Deep In Your Mind com, And GTO cigars from Tabaclera GTO Dominicana are made from uh, the finest aged Cuban seed tobaccos and Lee, crafted by some of the most experienced rollers in the Dominican Republic today www.gtodominicancigars.com Also, Stolen Throne Cigars, steal yours today. The hottest cigar brand on planet Earth. Just ask Lee Marsh, owner of Stolen Thron- Throne Cigars. <clears throat> Pardon, he'll tell you. Look for them. And he... Across all social media. And now, <clears throat> it is time for live. From the debonair Athenaeum, 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 Athenaeum. That's right, the old Greek library. Live from the debonair Athenaeum. Athenaeum is presented, of course, by debonair Cigars, visit them post-haste, www.debonairrum.com slash cigars. Today, I'll be, well, it's kind of a milestone, isn't it? As I look at my cheat sheet, I'll be reading the 25th Shakespearean Sonnet. Uh, this is the 25th, not only the 25th Shakespearean sonnet, but also the 25th that I have read. And I will not stop Gentle Persons until I reach, what is it, 150 something couple? Maybe. Somewhere around there. Long road ahead, milestone nonetheless, sonnet number 25 from The Debonair. Let those who are in favor with their stars of public honor and proud titles boast, whilst I, whom fortune of such triumph bars, unlooked for joy in that I honor most. Great princes' favorites, their fair leaves spread, but as the marigold at the sun's eye and in themselves their pride lies buried. For at a frown, they in their glory die. The painful warrior famous for fight after a thousand victories once foiled is from the book of honor raised quite and all the rest forgot for which he toiled then happy I that love and am beloved, where I may not, remove, nor, be removed. H T T P S colon forward slash forward slash w dot debonair rum Dot com D E B O N A I R E rum. Little bit of news, actually, a substantial dose of news, and no small thing is where we start. Not burying the lead here, gentlepersons. Not sure what that means, but we know we're not doing it, don't we? Because I said we're not. The lead, Kaplowitz Radio. The network has a new home. You can find said new home via www.kaplowitz.xyz. Click at the top left of your screen. Tap on a mobile phone. And it will take you, it will launch the brand new Kaplowitz Radio site. Let us delve via my own words. Because I read Shakespeare, and I read me, and I'll let you decide which is best. Welcome to the new home of Kaplowitz Radio. I write in a post. This is not Kaplowitz Reads Kaplowitz. This is a little extra thrill for you. I write on a Monday, November 2, 2020. Lo-fi and lovely. Cavaluz Radio is a podcasting network consisting of the titular Cavaluz Radio podcast, The Disillusion AD Program, Coffee Conversations miniseries, more on that in a bit and more. It is brought to you by Cavaluz Media. Send money. This is the new home ...of the above-mentioned Kaplowitz Radio portfolio of podcasts. Each audio endeavor will be posted here in lieu of other Kaplowitz media concerns, be it cigars, coffee, wine blogs. Only here, all will, of course, also be available on the podcast player of your choice. Check out Kaplowitz Radio on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, bunch of other places everywhere very mm. moving on in news the new uh uh what would you call it a new well it's a new feature it's a it's a featured company post it's featured company posts what are featured company posts Check them out. They're happening at Kaplowitz Media Cigars, Kaplowitz Media Coffee, Kaplowitz Media Wine. It's where I feature companies. Feature company posts. Check them out. I said I'd circle back. Coffee Conversations live from the Global Delights Roastery and Tasting Room episode number one of six has now aired. And already... Getting glowing reviews. Make sure you don't miss it. Any of it. Listen to it twice, two, three times. And of course, and again, that will be available wherever you catch your podcasts as well as the new Kaplowitz Radio site, which you can find xyz top left hand side of your screen. Tap, click, get thee there, the there, thee there. And now, gentle persons, on with the shoe. Kilo, Alpha, Papa, Lima, Oscar, Whiskey, India, Tango. Zulu. Mm. All right. Mm -mm. Kaplowitz reads Kaplowitz. Just two today. Uh, One from the world of cigars. That's, of course, Kaplowitz Media cigars. And the other from the world of wine. That is, of course, Kaplowitz Media wine. We will start with the primary concern, or the flagship concern, of Kapowitz Media, that being cigars. And we will start with a post, which published www.kapowitz.xyz Wednesday, November 4, 2020, ACE... It's all in caps. I don't know if it's ACE or ACE. If you're going to give me all caps, I'm going to say ACE. Prime Cigars, MXS, Tiago, Splitter, Signature, the earth it grows from. Parenthetically, with vegetal lilt. Have you Capulets today, I begin, rhetorically Again, this is the MX Tiago Splitter Signature by Ace Prime. Ace Prime Zenith Acme Wrapper, Ecuadorian Sumatra Binder, Nickar, Filler, Nicaragua, Dominican. Format is a Robusto Five Fifty Two. Origin, Dominican Republic. Intensity, I found to be on the milder side of medium. Medium, nonetheless. Notes, cocoa butter, citrus, bright spices. A funny thing we cigar reviewers do in our tobacco tasting notes is to seldom mention tobacco as a note. I say this, cause here's a cigar that leads with tobacco. Nuts, huh? Cashew butter, to be exact. So what does tobacco taste like? Predominantly the earth it grows from. With vegetal lilt. Some citrus brightness, which casts rays into baking spices. A cocoa butter, then added caramel sweetness. White peppercorn yields to ground black pepper via evolution and delineation in 2-3. Prior to that, it's hard to pick cleanly from orange pith citrus. Undertones offer some light savoriness via chicken coop and oats. A praline note rises at the half, dropping to the palate off a retro-hell with amplified still-smooth. Pepper spice, creamy gate to wire, toasts on the trip, cappuccino. An unspectacular profile, but one that's spectacularly pleasant. Performance-wise, this offering is sans legit complaint. A nitpick is an imperfectly even char, which never requires attention. Pfft! Big smoke output yields a natty-backy room note with trailing cedar. That cedar is on a moderate finish as well, sweetly. sidling up there next to primary notes. Builds a nice ash. Seams stay tight. Cap holds admirably. Draws silky smooth. Pleasant. Final grade. A-. And uh, that is the cigar entry into this... Kaplowitz reads Kaplowitz fiasco, tour de farce, if you will. Now we hear from the world of wine, Kaplowitz media wine to be exact. Tuesday, November 3, the year of our Lord, 2020, 2020, although I've never really heard anybody say 2020, but I don't really listen to people. Entitled Meadowcroft Wines 2017 River Trace GSM in review. A real navel-gazing opportunity, this. Have you Kaplowitz today? See, every time. Each time rhetorically. For you are. Meadowcroft Wines 2017 River Trace Grenache Syrah Medivh. Category red, Appalachian, Chalk Hill, Sonoma County, Vintage 2017, 14.5% ABV. Yeah, you know me. Down with ABV. Me and every last homie. Where was I? Notes. Ripe fruits, black pepper... Herbald, wish i wrote herbaceousness a very gsm gsm big fruity nose pop then echo gregarious black cherries and berries and earthen smoky trace let us eyeball pre the glug 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 shall we or stare deep into the purply abyss as it were lightens only a half tick at the rims Laces the glass in the sheath Sips to low-hanging dark fruits Broad yet lively, vast, robust Black pepper folds into herbs On a grippy finish Balanced Contemplative Contemplative? Contemplative 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 Judy Dench's jowls Judy Dench's jowls Hey, hey, hey Did you ever notice the jowls on Judy Jen? Damn it. Contemplative. A real navel-gazing opportunity, this. Languid and lingering. Dense, but penetrable enough to be enveloped in. You kind of tuck yourself into this here, wine, is what I'm saying. Undertones are quite vegetal, adding life to the depths. Black pepper rears up at the back of each sip. Fruit pies cooling on a windowsill are central. I'm unclear as to where the structure comes from, but it arrives at the teeth. Leather-bound topsoils, say. Balanced, smooth and effortless. Strong and reassuring. A hug from a strong man after tending to the last Atlas stone. The sweat leaves a lingering minerality. This is awkward. No, don't let go. Complexity need not be dazzling. Nuance need not be engulfing. This is far away. The easiest guzzled bottle I will have guzzled all year. Oh, and I did. See yourself out, eh? Thanks, balanced, final grade, A. And that was this week's Kapowitz Reads Kapowitz. Thank you, gentle persons. Kilo, Alpha, Papa, Lima. Oscar, Whiskey, India, Tango, Zulu. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: welcome to Capital Works Media. Tonight we have a very special episode, uh, an inaugural episode of a bunch of guys hanging out on a video chat. They give you the most riveting amount of entertainment you've ever had, quite possibly, in your life. There's a guy named Phil, a guy named Ken, Mike from New Jersey, Broken Kevin from Stolen Throne Cigars, and the infamous Capitalist.
0: Let's get it, boys. Okay. Um, that was good. That was good. Mike stepped on my toes right out of the gate, Yeah, I think. He did it. So, Mike, Mike, introduce yourself. Let's all introduce ourselves. So, Mike, you go first because you're there.
2: I'm Mike. Mike Weinstein from New Jersey. Mm. And I guess guess in this crowd, I'm really the only consumer here. I mean, I don't have a horse in any of these races.
0: Interesting perspective, if that gets you to stop talking. Phil, who are you? (laughs)
3: Yeah, I'm Phil. I'm a, I'm a, um almost famed YouTuber, hearing another couple hundred thousand uh, subscribers. So, that's who I am.
0: And Phil, you want to throw it to somebody? Let's do it that way. Yeah, we'll, sure, Ken.
4: Hey, I'm Kenny from uh, Washington, and uh, I make a little bit of coffee.
0: Ken, pick a name. Well, actually, a name that's here.
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, We already go through. Uh, Mike, Phil, uh, Kevin.
1: Yeah, Kevin. All right. Uh, I am the, uh, the, what they call Broken Kevin. We'll explain that nickname later. I am with a company called Stolen Throne Cigars out of Newport News, Virginia. I am the uh, Director of Sales.
0: And so, Cap, over to you. And I am Cap Lewis Media. So, uh. What this is, is a segment in Kaplowitz Radio. Kaplowitz Radio is the titular program of the Kaplowitz Radio portfolio of podcasts, the network, if you will. And uh, being as this is a new segment, it's going to have a rotating cast of characters. You might see Kevin pretty often. You might see Ken pretty often. You might never see Phil again. Perhaps you'll hear Michael spin into the microphone. But uh, we're gonna become more and more popular to, you know, or like known. I guess is known the right word? Familiar. It'll be a familiar, not dead set cast. I'm using air quotes on a podcast. And um, I think the first, the first thing we need to do, gentle persons, uh, those involved here tonight, is uh, is name this bitch. <laughs> You <laughs> I mean, almost sounded like you he just did,
2: this bitch. Yeah, Shooting a name name this Name this <laughs> bitch. Uh, I think, uh,
1: the, depending on the topics, right, is, is the, the name. I think every everybody in this, uh, I'm going to use Broom loosely here, brings something to the table that uh, is a little bit different perspective on uh, different parts of industry and entrepreneurship and business and uh, sales and marketing and all sorts of weird media things um I, I it's a menagerie of people but uh i mean it's i'm going to call it cap circus <laughs> that's my vote i don't like it okay moving along phil you're up
0: yeah let's do that let's put everybody on the spot phil name this bitch yeah uh
3: see i thought you had a pretty good name before but it's just not, I don't know if it's politically correct, but I did like it. Yeah,
0: definitely
3: not. <laughs> <laughs> so let, 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 then. <laughs> yeah, let
0: me give, uh, before we move on to Mike, let me give a little more background. I'm a huge fan of a show that some of you may or may not know. It's uh, Colin Quinn's show, his old show. It's been years now. Tough crowd. And it's a panel show, it's a roundtable discussion. It's just a bunch of guys shooting the shit. And for the life of me, I don't think there was any real topic that was adhered to with any kind of seriousness. Um, Mike, what do you got with that extra information that you already knew? What do you got for a name? I like, and and hold on, I think Mike is going to be the one to name it. Oh, I don't
2: know about that. I I haven't really given it much thought. Um, I don't know. I guess we could call it Circle Jerk. (laughs)
3: <laughs> got my vote. Yeah, God, so I was I wrong. I was yeah.
0: wrong. <laughs> I'm big enough to admit it.
1: Uh, Mike, 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 gets a, Mike gets one mark in the W column.
0: You think, right
1: now, <laughs> yeah.
0: I thought because 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 Mike, I'm, I'm trying to have some semblance of the show and have some kind of coherent thought, uh, uh, cohesive, coherent. Which one is it? Anyway. Cohesive. I, I thought, cohesive? Thank you. Uh, I, I thought that as the consumer here, you, you would have, like, a little bit of a finger on the pulse of the marketplace and understand, like, some hip, catchy phrasing that you could throw into a title format.
2: Uh, I got nothing.
0: Okay. I,
3: I got sir, nothing. Sir, I, uh,
0: circle's
1: like
3: I you kind of have his finger on a pulse. I
1: mean...
0: Right, had its finger on something, right? But uh, we're,
1: we're really, really hanging our hat on Ken here. Yeah, no pressure. Oh, no, we're
3: in
4: trouble
1: then. Yeah. <laughs>
4: oh hell. You, um, yeah. A room without a view. I don't freaking know.
0: It's not, it's not It's not. good. But it's no, not bad.
4: No, it's not. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I feel like... Better better than nothing? Consumption Uh, Junction, I don't freaking know. Better better than nothing? Better than nothing with Kaplowitz. (laughs) Didn't...
2: (laughs) Oh Kaplowitz. Yeah, Yeah, that worked. worked.
0: Anyway, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I I, I think what I also want to do is... uh, Broken Kevin, you touched on it. Uh you you uh Mike is the consumer. You touched on, you know, you're the you're the sales guy. Um mm-hmm. Ken, you said you make a little bit of coffee, you're a coffee roaster. Uh mm-hmm. Phil, you said you do YouTube, which is um surprising since you're not a fourteen year old British kid. Um, <laughs> 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 he identifies hey, as so you with.
2: couldn't make a go of it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, you,
1: oh, you, oh. review McDonald's.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you could review McDonald's toys if you were interested. Mm, that, there's, a, there's a market for that. But, um, that kid made it so much money.
0: But I, I think my vision beyond being a ripoff of, like, that tough crowd show is uh, people are going to tune in thinking they're going to hear about roasting coffee, thinking they're going to hear about selling cigars, thinking they're going to hear about YouTube videos. And I think that's where we owe it to the people, to give them none of that and to just have open discussions about whatever's happening, current events. I will say, I don't want to discuss politics, but, good. uh, who said good? Me, me, Who's Mike. Me? I don't know. Mike. Oh, I didn't recognize you. You didn't spit when you said me the first time. Uh, um, so yeah, Mike, I got you right here. I'm looking right at you on my screen. Well, you're a little icon. I threw out like a pretend topic. I don't know if we need to go with that. I think we won't. But I think we should have a topic for every show. And I think part of the show would be, it would be fun if I surprise somebody on air, as it were, while we're recording, with um, tasking them to come up with a show topic. And uh, Mike, like I said, since you're here, oh. <laughs> I think that we should sure, uh, agree sure disappointment. I think we should Agree that uh, Phil Should be the one to do that
2: <laughs> Okay. I, I think Phil is Probably the newcomer right
0: Yeah yeah he's a new guy He still smells right, new You so we'll
2: always give that job to the new guy
0: <laughs> Yeah go ahead We couldn't name this r- really yet But I'm thinking if you name a topic Phil we discuss a topic Then we close it out will have a name. It'll like make itself known. So give it a good give it a good topic. Come on.
3: Okay, let's see. Um hmm. You guys seen any uh new cigar packaging or anything like that? You guys have
2: <laughs> you, some of a bitch.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: Well, you took an easy
3: out there. Was on, that, that was just what was think, on my mind. Yeah. I mean, so,
2: so my first I, question would have to be Ken, you're the coffee guy. Do you also indulge in
0: cigars? You're damn right. Good. Where's would that, Where's that Go. He actually <laughs> indulged in a cigar I gave him. Good. Not long. Indeed, ago. that was taste That was which one, one was uh, it? not not a sponsor. It was it. uh not a sponsor, but um actually. Canada it was, was wanted, a brown
4: one with the little gold wrapper on it.
0: God damn it! Not a sponsor. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, and I don't know how we got off off already, but, uh, the ready, but the pa- so so Phil, what you're saying is you want to discuss packaging. Yeah, and packaging, I think we okay. I think we could discuss packaging because coffee gets packaged. Um, Absolutely. Cigars get sure. packaged. Maybe and we'll have one is guy on there next time. Mike is Mike gets packaged. Each and every morning. <laughs> uh, weird, weird amount of packaging going on. It's, on a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of packaging. <laughs> so, so, so Kevin, uh, broken Kevin, what do you, what do you look for when you're coming up with packaging, but you want to stand out from the crowd? You don't want to be like somebody else, like everybody else. You, you, you want to be uniquely you as an entity. So who do you steal, do you steal from? <laughs>
1: First of, all, first of all, I don't. I the packaging is a collective effort from all of the, the crew at Stolen Throne. There's four of us at Stolen Throne. Lee and Jr. are the owners of the company, uh, and then Josh and I work for Lee and Jr. Um, as sales and, and as director of operations. So um, cigars are and and you know, Ken, you could probably speak from the coffee aspect. Um, there's a lot of eye-catching that goes on with cigars. So when you walk into a humidor, if it's a room full of brown sticks with little paper wrappers, uh, you have to do something to set yourself apart. So you have to do something uh, like Ken might do where they put uh, the coffee in a silver bag instead of a black bag because every coffee comes in a black bag. Or they use uh, a different you know, sort of sticker on the front with a different design. So the same thing goes into to cigars. Is, um, we're, we're selling to uh, entry-level consumers all the way to enthusiasts, all the way to folks who have thousands of cigars in their personal collection. So in order to level that playing field, a uh, common denominator, if you will, you have to do something that uh, sets yourself apart but also is visually appealing. Um, you're not going to walk in and by the cigar with the piece of duct tape around it but you may look at it and say wow that's interesting that's different so part of uh what lee what lee and jr came up with the stolen drone was they were wrapped in instead of boxes which cigars are sometimes packaged in boxes they came up with bundles which uh as a sales tactic is a very important factor so a bundle of cigars comes with 20 they're wrapped in butchered paper and they have a wax seal on the front. That's how our cigars are packaged. That's how they come from the factory, Um, and and that's how you receive them as a retailer. So what we did was we created a box, which I have some here, but we created a box uh, to display them in that takes up the same size as a regular cigar box, but holds both of our cigars. So an average cigar box is about, I did a bunch of research on this, an average cigar box is about 12 inches long. and so, if I use Dick Math, I had to do like, I had a multi- there's multiplication, and there's a lot of very short, so long, very intense process, lots of research. Um, but what we did, what we tried to focus on was with the retailer, they buy our box and they get our box, and then they don't have to buy another box again. They just continually replenish that box with bundles. Uh, so, for us, we, we are selling the retailer. One space on the shelf, right, so I'm not coming into your store if you uh, if you um, own a store, say Phil owned a store and he has a shelf space very particularly laid out, like each one foot section belongs to somebody and and I have to be able to sell you my product to put in that one foot section. uh what we did was we capitalized our space to hold both of our cigars, both the of our cigars, so very clever. We're picking up shoes. Right, Instead of taking up two feet, we take up one foot, but I can offer both products. Uh, it doesn't take right. away from our market. It doesn't take away from the spread. But when you walk into a humidor and you look at our box, it's different than everybody else's box. Nobody else is doing that. Um, the same goes with the packaging is, is butcher paper. It, there is bundles in butcher paper. There's always going to be. Uh, there's uh, lots of companies that do it. But the way we did ours was uh, a black butcher paper with a red seal was our first cigar for the Crip of the Crown. It was our our inaugural release. And then um, the second, the the sophomore release was the Call to Arms, which was a red paper with a black seal opposite. And uh, they're eye-catching. They are sort of mysterious looking because it's just a bundle with a wax seal. It's very intriguing. There's no design. There's no logo on it other than our Duncan logo in that wax seal. So, uh, oh. it, it draws your eye. It draws your eye to say, I, I'm interested in that, and that's the first step, right? As a salesman, if I can get you interested in the first step, that's how it goes. So, packaging is very difficult. It's also difficult to be yourself in a small industry. And uh, Ken, I don't know if you want to speak on it, maybe from a coffee roaster or coffee packaging perspective, but maybe there's something you could add there.
4: Right. So. A lot of shops do use black bags around the country. Uh, here here in the Pacific Northwest, everybody wants to be the, the craft coffee roaster. So for my local market, I actually use a black bag with a bright white label and a bright orange tiger and everything else on there uh, because it stands out compared to all the craft bags sitting side by side with all the ham-stamped logos, which the first year, that's what I
2: did too. So now the black one is the one that's different, not everybody else.
4: At least here in my area. You know, we we only distribute here in in, uh, Oregon and Washington. And uh, for our area, that's actually what stands out, because everybody's trying to be this craft little niche farmer's market type guy. Mm
0: Right. And and plus, we
4: are that big guy. But uh, we we do stand out amongst the others on the shelf, because it does have a very bold black-and-white graphic, almost cartoonish look.
0: Yeah, I, I, I could I could speak to that. Everybody wants, like, the brown paper craft bag with a hand stamp on it. That's the Pacific Northwest look. And, Ken, something you do, I'm always intrigued by the use of orange. I think it's a really powerful color. And that's not a joke. I'm just saying orange works. Did you, right, did
4: it's you, one of those colors that draws the eye in and around. Oranges, reds, like bright neon greens, they force the eye to look at it.
0: Yeah. Also, and also, I think also, so, something in... Go ahead, and yeah, the, the, yeah the, it's, it's my, my damn show. Um, so <laughs> I, 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 I want to talk. Um, I, I did want to note, I don't always get to look at people when I speak to them on these podcasts and um full disclosure we're recording this somewhat like a video but it's only gonna be audio at the end of the day. But I get the treat of watching Broken Kevin address people. And I gotta tell you, man, you have some kind of magic. Like I wanna buy something off of you. I've told Lee this on on the side. I've said you have a certain uh what I, I don't want to be politically incorrect, but I said you had a certain retard level magic. Where you just <laughs> Rayman. Man? I just <laughs> oh thank you. Yeah,
2: I'm I really just want
0: to. No, I I mean it in the nicest way possible, and I I just want to buy something for Also, what I didn't realize has has anyone here is anyone here a fan of Trailer Park Boys? The show. Oh God,
4: <laughs> I've watched a couple episodes, but I can't say I'm a fan. Phil, oh,
0: why, why, why are you laughing? Is it because you're realizing that Kevin looks like Bubbles dressed up yeah, like a rainbow? Oh, person?
1: you motherfuckers. The one time I always wear glasses. The one time. I always wear contact lenses. Glasses oh, you son of a bitch. You, you, and for, for those listening and for the fellas on here, he just destroyed, like, the next six months of my life of constantly being called Bubbles by my two best friends who I happen to be in business with. Um, yeah that's what, uh, <laughs> great uh, um, I think that, I, I'm gonna to circle this fucking disgusting freight train back around uh, I think something that Ken Liquor said was really porn. important to hit on there was um, and how the, evo- the, the evolution of what he did right so in his market he started with a brown bag with a hand stamp, right? But it evolved into something that was specifically his. And I think that is a a huge key to packaging and marketing is starting with something that is yours and saying, okay, well, I don't want to go, like, uh, you know, we're all swimming upstream in an industry. I don't want to be the guy that jumps into the bear's mouth. I'm going to be the guy that outsmarts him and swims around him. Um, Right. Right. you know, deep thoughts with Broken Kevin. Uh, but I think that that was something that that evolution piece is something, he, and Ken, I don't want to speak for you, but maybe you sat back and said, okay, I don't want to be like every hipster coffee brand. I want to be the guy who does something different.
4: Right. So when I started doing it about 10 years ago, we were the the craft bag person with the hand stamp, and there weren't many others out there like it. Our, our company name is Paper Tiger. And uh, it just kind of fit using a paper craft bag. But as soon as everybody else started flooding the market with that kind of a look, we had to look at it again and go, okay, how are we going to stand out now? Everybody else is doing the same bit. And, uh, and
1: that's, and uh, imitation is a sincere form of
0: flattery, right? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, a bunch and of rap but, then, but, then, but then that's hardly fair, though. That's hardly fair. That the person that uh, wanted the uh, first ones to do it has to move along down the road because the the new guys are doing it. No, yeah, that's all right. That's I don't have like, a
4: problem with it. My bags look it's, sharp. It's, Yours it's, look like crap now.
0: Exactly. It's
1: niche industry though, so it's it's small business. It's uh, you know you're, you're gonna and, and the day of social media and Phil, you can speak on the social media aspect of it is. Um, God damn Cap, you put together a good cast of characters here. There's like a little we can segue into all kinds of things except for Mike. But that we we circle around the Mike when he buys it. Uh, but you can you can <laughs> right. look at Phil who does.
2: Phil I mean, does I, I does can certainly talk about the way things look to me in the humidor when I walk into a shop, but I don't think
0: we exactly. to that point yet. Well we'll we're get there. We'll get,
1: almost, there. we'll get there, right? But yeah. you can but you can um,
0: well shit. Cigarettes and, uh, and mustard and balloons. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, what?
1: <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this, the social media aspect of it, I think, is huge. Uh, marketing is done purely, you know, for at least for Stolen Throne, we've done all of the marketing has been consumer hype on social media and has been a, a hype train of uh, somebody gets it, somebody posts it, the next person gets it, they post it and I still tell Lee this every every time I get the chance, is that uh, a year ago when I came on with Stolen Throne, uh, I thought it was really cool when I would log into social media in the morning and see Stolen Throne products being posted all over the country, all over the world, and it's only grown to where it's like daily on multiple platforms, multiple times a day. Uh, and Phil, I mean, you're a social media guy, so I think that the power of social media in in marketing and in packaging and how you display your product is really important.
3: Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially on, <clears throat> especially with stuff like um, Instagram and, and Twitter, but I would say more Instagram. I mean, there's, there's guys that really kind of take, you, you know, I, I think there's a lot of guys on Instagram that even take the packaging and the look of the cigars and everything else to the next level, just because they want to try to build a reputation for themselves as you know photographers or whatever and i think that that pushes big time i mean there's all kinds of stuff like that on social media and um i I think packaging is becoming or probably has become um a bigger issue that differentiates brands from each other not only in the traditional sense but also just with what people want to do artistically with that packaging if that makes any sense
2: all right
0: it absolutely does Sure. So, so, so Mike, it's your time to shine. You walk into okay. a humidor. You walk into a supermarket. You see cigars. You see coffee. What do you see?
2: Okay, for the cigars, I find it harder and harder for me to see something that I don't recognize. And of Is course, of late, I have not been visiting shops. <laughs> but I'll. I for me. I like to look for things that are new and stand out. And that's basically what you were saying before. Something that catches your eye, something that looks a little bit different than everybody else, something that's new. That's, that's the kind of thing I think that the, the more experienced smokers are looking for. Uh, the less experienced smokers I find tend to smoke the same thing over and over. They don't really even look. They just go right to that spot and they take their, their regulars. So it's it's a whole different ball game there, but but I know for me at, and the people that I I know they tend to to look for the newer stuff, things that stand out, things that you're not necessarily familiar with. Uh, that's the kind of thing that 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 attracts me in the humidor.
0: Right, and and, and I got to say with all, with all that, and remind me, you got to come back to if coffee treats you any different when you're coffee shopping. Ah, but, right. Um, but the thing is, and Kevin, you touched on this and it was kind of in a dig toward warped, but <laughs> to have flashy packaging that's attention grabbing and that does its job, it almost is, it puts you in a hole if it's a shitty product, uh product because then you hustled somebody, you tricked somebody into buying your shit and you will never get a repeat right. customer off of that.
1: Right. And, and, the, a huge part of what Lee has taught me in the cigar industry is it's not the first sale. It's the repeat business. And uh, me as a cigar salesman or uh, a lot of people use the term rep for the company, like a representative for the company. Um, Lee, first of all, big, big props to him. He doesn't treat us like reps. I'm not a rep, right? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a part of the company and he's made that very, very clear to me. When people call us reps, hey, you're the rep from the company, Said so, no, 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 he doesn't work for me. He works – he is Stolen thrones. He works with me. He is, you know, somebody who, who works with us, not for us.
0: He's in-house. Um, he's he's in-house. Have... He's, he's in right, so vertically speak.
1: integrated. So, right, right.
0: Um, but part of
1: that is – and you, you threw the Warp thing out there. So for for the background story uh, today on social media on Half Wheel, which is another social media outlet, I don't know if I allowed a name drop, but I did. Uh, there was a post from Warped is releasing a line of cigars and the packaging is almost identical to Stolen Throne packaging. Now, this happens. Which comes from the same factory. It, no, it is not from the same factory. It's not the same blend. It's not anything to do with Stolen Throne. It is just a black
0: butcher paper wrapper ah. with a red seal. With so, a okay. red black um, seal. With a, the, the only difference uh, is a exactly different insignia one. on the stamp. A
1: different, and and they yeah they have a back label we don't have a back label they put a label on the back which is fine right so that you know you could argue that it's a different package because it has a back label which is sure if you, you want to get down to intricacies but uh, for the general consumer and and for people like Mike you know and Mike's right uh, I don't know if your wife ever told
0: you that but you're you're right um, is <laughs> when you he's been married a long time so a no. very when you long walk time the answer is no. Okay.
1: When you walk into a humidor, there is a lot of different levels of
0: smokers. And when you walk into
1: a cigar shop, and that's why I love cigars, right? It's a gentleman industry, but it's a common denominator. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced smoker, if you're a brand-new smoker, if you're somebody who's buying it for a gift for somebody, you're going to walk across all, all types of life uh, in a cigar humidor. And uh, the same thing, Ken, with craft coffee. I mean, most people are like, I like Starbucks, which is fantastic if you like burnt bullshit. Um, but <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, which is great. But it's a it's a common household. Uh, I mean, everybody recognizes the Starbucks logo or the Dunkin' Donuts logo, or, you know. And if you want to drink trash, it's very drink trash, right? And it, and it's national and it's international and it's everywhere. Um, you know, I happen to like really good coffee, so it it, it is it, I'm biased, I guess. Uh, but I'm gonna have to try some Paper Tiger now. Uh, but uh, you know, part of that is. Um, what they did, and whether it's intentional or non-intentional, and here's the thing, uh, Warped has been in the business for for quite a while, and if you spent one iota on social media, you would know what stolen thrown packaging looks like, and you would know that the cigar industry is uh, very small, and there is a lot of talk. So as soon as that was posted, I'm talking about minutes, after that was posted, uh, all of our inboxes blew up, Uh, We got pictures from multiple people posted in groups. There's a lot of cigar groups. There's a lot of things that that were posted about, you know, uh, fuck these guys, how could they do that? This Mm -hmm. is not, you know, way to go, way to be a ripoff. And I mean, yeah, we we throw shots on Twitter and we we do things. But here's the thing, right? Whether they did it intentionally or not, it's not the right thing to do. Uh, There's not a day of the week, there's not a time ever in cigars or in tobacco that Lee Marsh and J.R. Cannon will ever do something that somebody else is doing. Um, there's not a time. That, and, and we're not, and listen, they're not the far superior business. They're not the guys that are at the top of the top of the industry. They are a boutique company who are very hot and we're trending to the top of the industry. And I'll be damned if we're not going to make it to the top. Uh, and that's my job is to, to put it in the hand of every consumer to make it different. But what we're selling you isn't a cigar. We're selling you an experience. It's an elastic product. You don't need it. If you can afford it, you buy it. Uh, There's people who trade it. There's people who sell it on the secondary now, which I still think is pretty cool. Uh, There's people who, um, you know, talk about it in social media and posts and in blogs and things, but it's trending to be really popular. And Lee is a a very, very humble guy where he um, (laughs) sometimes doesn't like to believe the hype train that he's on, uh, where you know, when we walk into a cigar shop, people drive from like an extraordinarily long amount of time to come to events. Like, yeah, we, we were down doing an event in Georgia and people were driving three and four hours to get there. Uh, last week we had a guy drive from Annapolis, Maryland, all the way to, uh, it was a couple hours away to come just to meet Lee and hang out with us for a little bit. Uh, and he bought a bunch of cigars and did some really cool stuff. So,
0: um, Ed, Ed, shout out to Ed,
1: Ed, if you ever listen. Ed, oh,
0: now but we're giving shout outs to people oh, Hold on, we're, we're, we're straying a little bit. We're straying a little bit because I didn't know. I didn't know you actually liked coffee, and um, I have a couple of follow up uh, no, questions. I uh, uh, I, do, I do, do you do you do you also like cigarettes and dope? No,
2: no, no. And no, uh, no, mustard no, and
0: wine. No.
1: <laughs> no, I don't. But I do. You know, I do. Liquor and reference That one might be. I might like that one. I said said we.
0: I said we'd come back. Mike, uh, and get his take. So, so Mike, what's your take on your coffee coffee chopping? As far as packaging, as far as presentation. If it ain't Maxwell Maxwell
1: House, it ain't shit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I used to work for Maxwell House. I knew it. Back in the day when they used to have the giant coffee cup on the Hudson River across the street from the Empire State Building, I used to work mm-hmm. in that plant. in Reef, Which is in funny, Dallas. Mike doesn't know that I grew up there. Where? In Hoboken? No, I grew up in North Jersey. Did okay. you really?
1: Yeah. I'm from Passaic County, so I, uh, I have family in, like, really? and My wife's uh, wife
2: from Clifton.
1: Yeah, uh, my dad worked for Brogan, Cadillac, and Clifton for uh, a million years.
2: Right. Really? Okay.
0: Wow. So, this is actually not a- at all interesting. I'm trying to get out what, 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 <laughs> what, what Mike takes away insofar as his experience when he's shopping for coffee or anything. Uh, You know, like what, like coffee is a little trickier though, because Kevin, like what you do with, you essentially have your own displays. You have the display box. Yeah. I don't think, Ken, I don't think, do you guys get to do that very often? What what is actually Kevin, Ken, what is your, what is your display option as far as that? Do you ever get to do anything like that?
4: So, so we do a lot of different things, but most of the places that we sell retail in outside of our own shop are, uh, our restaurants and facilities that are already using our coffee. And so they have a dedicated space, and we'll walk in and they go, okay, we've got something that's 18 inches wide and 24 inches tall. What can you put there? And then I've got to come up with something creative to make that happen. It's usually a right. three- or four-tiered scenario where we can put a bunch of different coffees in a much smaller space.
1: So, Ken, did you ever do, like, trunk shows? Did you start with, like, trunk shows or, or... – Oh, you, when we first started like out, I
4: was hitting like I was hitting three farmers markets a week, as well as running the shop all day. <laughs> my my wife would throw everything in the in the vehicle, and I'd meet her over wherever at, at whatever farmers market or whatever we were doing that week, and just throw everything up on a table and make it work. Uh, and being the little craft guy at the time, we were uh, we were using all kinds of upcycled and recycled materials. I took an old, uh, Apple press and cut it into pieces and that was shelving. And we stuffed bags of coffee on that because it had a really clean, sharp look that was kind of odd and you knew what it was, but you didn't know what it was. It was eye catching enough that people came over to ask what the display was in the first place. And then they started talking about coffee, but coffee in the, in trade shows and such, it's an icebreaker to start with everybody that wants to have a cup of coffee is going to come talk to you. If you got some brood over there. Right. So that makes a nice, nice well, way in. I, and if they like the first sip, then we're good to go.
0: I was, I was going to, I was going to make another terrible joke and um, ask Mike when he goes in to buy coffee, does he get the Maxwell house on the lower shelf or does he get attracted <laughs> to the top shelf? Like where, but, so, but then so I realized that, that- that's kind of a, that's kind of a legit question, unbeknownst to and myself, because uh, we're talking about we're talking about packaging, but placement is a big deal too. When you're yeah, in a, when you're on the I shelf, there are
2: all kinds there all kinds of studies about shelf layout and positioning.
0: You know what's what's mm-hmm. the, what's
2: the prime spot to be in on the shelf as somebody walks down the aisle. You know, naturally, you're right. talking eye level, but. So
0: yeah, what's one thing wait, we
4: learned at the trunk shows. Okay. Well, one of the things that we learned doing the, the shows mobile all the time is if you lifted the table up about six inches higher off the ground, we, we generally sold 15 to 20% more product that day. Right. Simple little thing by just raising the table up by six inches with a couple uh spacers underneath the feet.
0: Yeah. Huh. A couple mm. books. <laughs> huh. So 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 broken mm. Kevin. Where's the where's the where's yeah, the spot in the humie? Where's the where's the spot in the uh, humidor for you? Where's where's the prime location in the humidor?
1: Well, that's tough, right? Cuz we don't, you know, we partner with very specific retailers in how we do our business. So, we don't sell to every single retailer. We don't sell to every person who walks through the door. We build a partnership with somebody who talks about our product or somebody who uh, pushes our product, not push, it, not pushes, but is going to educate people about it. So folks, you know, that come in, if you're a brand new smoker and you're saying, I'm buying a gift for somebody, uh, maybe, you know, and okay, what do they like? Oh, they like Monte Cristo whites, right? Sure, great. That's fantastic. But let me, let me show you another cigar, right? And a lot of times cigars are a visual product, so it's tough. You know, um, same thing with coffee. I guess I I don't want to get too far into that, but the color of the coffee beans probably plays a lot into how you market coffee, right? Which is the Hmm. color of cigars. You know, uh, I could tell you about a San Andreas Maduro, or I could tell you about a a Habano wrapper or a Sumatra wrapper because of the color of it, but uh, they're going to say, I don't like dark cigars but they don't know that the Sumatra cigar actually has a stronger nicotine content and is going to give you a stronger flavor than the San Andreas Maduro, which is going to be darker, but a sweeter, smoother tobacco. And, uh, look, I am not, uh, that educated on tobacco. I'll be the first to say it. Um, I have learned what I've learned from from my time with Lee and learning about the cigar industry and learning about cigars, but, uh, he's a, you know, he's a wealth and knowledge. I wish he was here sometimes to talk about it, but, uh, there, that is a sales thing that I've learned is uh, you have to be able to speak through the product. So if you're doing hand-to-hand sales, um, you know, in a humidor, because we work humidors sometimes, we n- we don't always have a table set up. Sometimes we have a situation where I might have a small table, but a lot of times I'll help the customer when they come into the humidor. So I walk into the humidor, I introduce myself, I show them my product. Now I'm doing a sale in with my one facing of two products in front of hundreds of other cigars and some of them have notable names Perdomo, uh, you know, uh um, you know, Drew Estate. There's a lot of notable names that are every day. You can buy Drew Estate cigars at gas stations.
0: That's how that works. Right.
1: They have their packaging done a certain way. So if you know, exactly that, if that's a cigar by that Flicker. you know, right, right. So they're bought by Swisher, but I mean, it, it even still, uh, before they were with Swisher, they, you know, it's a more common name. So, uh, humidor placement, Mike is right. Uh, you know, where your eyes go. I think there's a lot of research in, in the restaurant, uh, industry on how you lay out your menus was another thing I, I read about where, uh, um, oh, yep. you know, your, your eye is drawn to a certain place on a menu and they place their higher value items, more return items on, in that area. Um, I like see for me, if I'm gonna pick a spot and we've gotten the opportunity to do that in new humidors that were being built, uh, when you open the door and your eye level straight in, that's where I want to be. I want to be the first thing when you open the, when you pull that door open and you look into the humidor. The first box that you see is ours, uh, and and I sort of selfishly want that to set the tone of, well, we're the best. We're right when you walk in the door. Everything else is, is second to me. So. Uh, and there's great cigars. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like Mike. But I was a consumer long before I was in, you know, into the game. So um, I still consume different cigars. It's not. I'm not dedicated to one company. I I sell their cigars and I love them, and I would choose them over any of them. But I still consume other people's cigars.
0: Phil, you got anything nice. to add? You've been a little quiet. You've just been laughing at my trailer park boys stuff.
3: Yeah. Yeah, really. Um, and,
0: and thank you yeah, no, for that.
3: I, yeah, well, you're welcome. Um, yeah, no, I I think all that, I, I mean, obviously, you know, Ken and Kevin are in the business, but even as a consumer, um, all that makes sense to me as far as the placement of it and um, even like with the packaging. And one thing it's kind of going way back, but you brought it up, Cap, about the packaging. And sometimes I think even within the cigar, you know, industry and outside the cigar industry, I think some people with their packaging tend to oversell stuff. So, you know, I'll, I'll look at something, whether it's cigar related or not, we'll just use cigars. I've, you know, I picked up cigars before, especially when I was first starting to smoke cigars because of packaging, which I think is probably natural for most new smokers. Mm -hmm. And then you get, you take them home and they're really not that great at all. Um, So I just wondered, this might be another question for Kevin and Ken. Do you guys ever think about that? And maybe not in a negative way, but think about okay, how we're packaging packaging our stuff matters, but we don't want to over sell this. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Can't, yeah, Ken, go ahead.
4: Yeah, I mean, like like I said, it, it, in the end, we're still a craft coffee roaster, so I, I try to keep it as homey and warm and welcoming as possible. Uh, some of my competitors go all out with gold gilded little boxes that they'll send you with that are about four times the size of the bag of coffee. And that little bag of coffee will have this beautiful label on it and you get it and you've just spent 70 or $80 on a pound of coffee and it's, it's tasty,
2: but it's
4: not, you you paid as much for the packaging as you did for the coffee that you just got. And I, I just can't do that. That doesn't make sense to me.
2: I've heard yeah, there's I, a cigar I, brand soon, that'll soon, go unnamed that that allegedly spends more on packaging than they do on the cigars.
0: Gurkha. And, and, per, sorry,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they, they'll pay your mortgage, I think, if you want. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but here's the thing, right? So, but it works. That sometimes that stuff works, and if you're it, it and if that's your business model, and that's and that's what you're built on. Um, Look, Gerke gives out all kinds of weird shit: knives, glasses,
0: swords. swords
2: right, but hats, but after, after a while, after a while, the wise consumer realizes it's just not worth it.
0: But the wise consumer the isn't. There's not a lot of wise consumers compared to people that are willing to line up to buy a box to get a free knife. You know, I right?
2: That's true. Yeah.
0: There, there's
2: Why still there's still a large
1: box. amount of consumers there's still a large amount of consumers that will line up to get a free knife. But uh, I mean, Gurkha had a lot of controversy this year too, but um, you know, it, I think the quality of your product s- speaks through any package that you put it in. Um, Absolutely. What do they call it? The, what do they call it? The, um, the shit, like a, you're serving somebody a shit sandwich, right? Like sometimes you have to write bad news, but if it's on decent bread, it might not be too bad. Um, so the, the, you know, you got to take point. listen, my, my background is, is, um, in the military and we eat shit sandwiches on a regular basis. Uh, you know, and, and as long as the bread's good, it's not too bad. Um, but I think that the quality of the product speaks through any sort of packaging, which is why, like. Could we make a huge deal out of this warp thing and make it this big thing? Sure. Right? Uh, and, and maybe, you know, and maybe there's going to be some some legal recourse or some things where some cease and desist go into place or or something where we have trademarks. And, and you know, and that goes into the legal world, which, hey, look, I'm very much not a lawyer. But, uh, you know, and that's for lawyers to figure out. But at the end of the day, that guy's going to make a package with a, an inferior cigar in it. And, hey, it might be good for some people, and that's fine. But the people that I'm going to sell stolen throne cigars to know what comes in the package that stolen throne is packaging.
0: All right. And at this point, right there, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. Then I'm going to throw it to Mike for the final wrap up. So Mike, get ready in the bullpen, okay? But okay, I, I, I realize that Phil has to go and binge watch old episodes of *Trail of Park Boys*. He's champing at the bit to do that. <laughs> Ken. Ken, I know that you have to go listen to uh, women in uh, wife beaters sing horrible songs. I'm sorry, that was just horrible. An and awful um, song.
4: <laughs> right? But it's <laughs> surprising.
0: Ter- terrible. And and <laughs> and broken. <laughs> Kevin, you have to go steal shopping carts. We're all busy. <laughs> but I did want to say, I did want to say, check out Stolen Throne cigars. Check out. Uh, well, where can we check you out? Tell, tell everybody where they uh, can check out Stolen Throne. So
1: we have a, a social media following at Stolen Throne Cigars on Instagram, uh, at yeah, Stolen Throne Cigars on Facebook. If you want to buy at an online retailer, cigarfederation.com is our premier online retailer. Um, you can find me. It's Kevin underscore Stolen Throne Cigars uh, on Instagram. So hit us up, and we'll we'll direct you in the right spot for where you live.
0: Phil, where can we find you?
3: Yep, You guys can find me on uh... – YouTube, my uh, YouTube channel is actually just my name, Phil Caruth, um, and then you can find me on Instagram as well. Same same name, Phil Caruth. Pretty sure it's Caruth, but thank you
0: for. Caruth, it is Caruth, yeah. Yes, Caruth, and uh, sorry about that typo. And uh, <laughs> Ken, <laughs> Ken, uh, before I ask yes. where where people could find you. I do have to say that um, I referenced uh, before we started recording Thing Ken sent out to everybody a woman and a wife beater singing a song. It was it was off putting. It was really off putting. <laughs> but Ken, where where, where where can we find uh, uh, Paper Tiger Coffee online? Easiest
4: way to find it is www.papertigercoffee.com, and there's links to all our social on there as well.
0: And now. And now, if I'm not mistaken, that leaves Mike. Mike, so I, I, what did we learn? What, what, just what did we learn? Well,
2: uh, what did we learn? <laughs> this is the inaugural episode of this shit show. And I think that we're, in the future, we'll probably have more of the same. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting all of you guys. Uh, interesting discussion. I think we were a little cigar heavy this evening, but perhaps in, in future episodes, We'll lean a little bit more towards other topics. And uh, again, it was a pleasure meeting you all, and I think this is going to be I a class. lot of fun.
0: It'll be good. It'll be good. And you know what it's called?
2: What's it called?
0: I, no, I'm asking you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you want you want the definitive answer now, huh?
0: Mhm. Mhm. I don't have it. Okay. You've been listening to I don't have it with uh Cap and Friends. Cap Cap and Friends. Cap and there Friends. Cap That's and friend.
2: interesting.
1: I don't like well, it we, either. can we can we use friends as a like a very loose term?
0: Delusive. Cap
1: and acquaintances. <laughs> Delusive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks thanks guys. I'm signing off. Alright, gentlemen.
4: Thank
0: you. Alpha, Papa, Lima, Oscar, Whiskey, India, Tango, Zulu. Oh, man. Oh, oh. (laughs) Powered. Uh, By Illusione Cigars, this is the unofficial and unauthorized Disillusione D program podcast. Welcome to Joint Persons of the Society. I am Kaplowitz Media at Kaplowitz Media across all social media platforms. Leave me alone on Facebook with me is my co-host Dion Giolito, owner of Illusione Cigars. You can find them at www.illusionecigars.com. I, I, I feel like, Dion, I need to point something out real quick. For those listening at home, hi, Mom. Uh, it, it shoots us right into recording, and I it doesn't give you the option of trimming the beginning. So... I, I, I immediately thought that it probably sounds like I'm urinating. when when the When it started being audible to you fine folks listening, I was pouring coffee. I don't know if that got picked up on my mic or what, but I was pouring coffee. I'm sitting in my office behind my desk, not urinating into a toilet bowl. I just felt like I needed to get that out of the way.
5: I think that the whole introduction in general was just a little lackluster. There was like nothing behind it. Almost like you got caught off guard, but then you were, just went meh. Okay, I, I think I think uh, I think something's going on. Maybe you were peeing. Maybe it was a maybe it was one of those relief
0: pees. No, 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 no. Th- those those almost orgasmic pees. No, uh, no. Uh, I... I, I... First of all, me showing signs of meh surprises you still at this point, Dion. I'm I'm really I'm I'm a little thrown back. on It was that. a little
5: more meh than usual, you know. It was it, it, I, it was kind I of off putting.
0: Should I do it again?
5: No, don't, don't, please, God, no.
0: You well, I could. I mean, if if you if you thought that was the thing to do, I'll gladly do it again. Uh, it, but I, I had a busy freaking morning maybe that's what it is i've been up a while this is early as we're recording now it's 9 a.m uh really early in the day not for me i've been up since like five i'm an early riser so maybe i just didn't transition enough like i it wasn't as smooth i i feel bad now i don't want to ruin the entire show from the beginning what if nobody's listening now they heard my intro and regardless of how brilliant the rest of the show is i blew it and now i made it's just a waste of time.
5: I think they've all moved on by now. I think they've all moved on. I think like it's just you or, and I. It's,
0: it's like it's a you and I from here
5: on out, yeah.
0: There we go. Well, we could catch up with nothing else. But one of the things I was doing, oh, so I just lit a cigar too. One of the things I was doing before the show was washing dishes. I, I Usually, I have to do all the dishes and clean them. By do, I mean clean before I go to bed but I let myself slide. So I had to do them in the morning and I I don't know your experience with dishwashing during this uh, shelter in place thing, but I feel like, I guess because me and my kid are home all the time and we're eating when we're home because it's like, it's become an official source of entertainment with nothing much else to do. Washing a lot of dishes
5: Dishwashing has ramped up like sixfold. I think with everybody,
0: is, is it's, that a it's, universal it's quite
5: thing? it's quite annoying to tell you the truth.
0: Well, I'll tell you what's annoying about it is it's become a chore, and it used to be something I weirdly maybe enjoyed. It used to be like a meditative um, accomplishment that I could just do, and it's easy. And it's whatever it gives me a chance to think, but I like, like I need more chances to think right now. Like I need less in front of me to actually do so I could focus on my inner thoughts. So it, it's become just a chore washing dishes and it's it's laborious. It's absolutely laborious. It is. It's tedious. It's,
5: it's probably next to washing clothes it's it's and and like moving you know moving is probably Ugh. to me the most uh vile of all activities but not okay moving yourself is not is bad enough right but when you're mm. helping somebody else move
0: oh and God. if you get roped into they that don't nightmare. yeah
5: they don't they don't have their their act together there's still mm. crap everywhere. They haven't, uh, they haven't packed their cabinets. They haven't <laughs> packed their kitchen. Nothing's in boxes. Yeah, d- we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. No,
0: but, know, yet, but I, I, I will. I will say first, if you if you ask me for help moving, I can't. My back hurts. I'm busy that day. But if I absolutely have to help you, it's simply to move boxes and furniture. It's absolutely
5: one hundred percent.
0: It's not to empty out your junk drawer into a, a tote bag and carry it down for you. It's not right. it's, it's, it's not to hold on to your cat so it doesn't run away.
5: It's it, not it, to stand over a pile of crap and go, do you want to keep this or throw it away? Do you want to keep oh this my- or throw it away? Do you want worst. to keep this or throw it away?
0: That's the worst. That's the absolute worst. And it's definitely not to clean. Cleaning right. is, I'm not there to clean. I'm, I'm not there to get the dirt out of the corners of your room. I'm not there to knock down cobwebs. I'm not there to clean windowsills. Where's a box? I'll move boxes until my back either hurts or I says it does. and we're done.
5: <laughs> okay. Yeah, and uh, God forbid to have a sink full of dirty dishes.
0: You know, and the thing is, the thing is, I think a lot of my uh, love... My fondness, let's downplay it a little bit, my fondness of dishwashing, it comes from me working in kitchens. I was a chef. I was never an executive chef. I was a couple of times the only chef. I guess that makes me by default the quote-unquote executive chef. Usually, I was a sous chef. Regardless, I always wanted to be the dishwasher. The dishwasher was there. He knew exactly what he was gonna do. He knew exactly it, what. It, 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 and everybody,
5: bothered, le- everybody leaves them alone. Nobody oh, bothers
0: him. It's the money position. It's it best position in you get every tipped out. kitchen, and, yeah, you get and you get tipped, tipped out by everybody. It's ridiculous. I, I just wanted to 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 the point, like I I, I, I never wore my chef jacket unless I absolutely needed to, unless I kind of had to put on a show, like if somebody wanted to speak to the chef, they would kick me out of the kitchen door with my chef jacket on and I'd go put on the chef show, you know? uh, Oh yes. Thank you. Uh, Yes. Yes. Well I trained nowhere. Uh, But usually I would wear a white shirt, maybe a kitchen shirt, you know, the short sleeve collar ones. I would try to get away with a white t-shirt and I'd wear an apron because on another key, no one asks a person in an apron any important questions. They right, get especially a,
5: especially a filthy apron with <laughs> with foodstuffs and waste that look like vomit. I mean, if you walk out in that apron with that stuff going down your 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 rubber apron or whatever, you, you know, you can have a combination of like mac and cheese and oh. salad and like a, a, a maybe a A smear of like meat blood that was on there. I mean, you look like you look like a uh, a serial. Nobody's going to talk to you.
0: Nobody's going to talk to you. You look like a serial killer. No, no, nothing important is going to come down your pike. There, there's uh, you're just gonna you're just gonna be there and you're gonna pass some time and you may be. Oh, the other thing, dishwashing. There's lots of time to clown around. I mean, there's there's some downtime dishwashing. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just really. It, it was so, unfortunate. I It's one job I never actually had. I mean, I washed dishes.
5: No, I I did. I did. I can tell you from firsthand experience. So when I started I, you know, when I was in high school, I think a lot of the kids when we were growing up, when we wanted to do, we wanted to be a delivery, you know? So I wanted to, I worked at this little Italian Italian restaurant called Figaro's uh, in Las Vegas. It was a little subsidiary of a Figaro's back east in uh, New York. And they had a couple shops in in las vegas so anyways you know i go there and you know, i'm a kid whatever i'm like maybe 15 16 i'm just about ready to get my life so okay kid you know well you can't deliver uh <laughs> so we're gonna start you we're gonna start you in the back you know you're gonna wash dishes i'm like oh okay well you know okay, but, oh, there's there's you know there's there's busy times and then there's like low times like you said there's right, a right. lot of time to like y- you know stand around and do nothing but you know this guy was uh he he didn't like anybody to lean. He didn't want anybody because you, you lean around like that, and then you know the employees get together. And then it's shenanigans, right? It's shenanigans time.
0: Yeah, so, if there's t- if, if there's time to lean, there's time to clean.
5: Yeah. So if I wasn't if I wasn't washing dishes, I was prepping. So I was like breaking down lettuce. You know, <laughs> I, you know he's like, okay, uh, go grab that box of lettuce, and then so you had a thing you had to do. You had to bang the bottom of the lettuce, you know, where that, that yeah, core is. Yeah, the core.
0: Yeah, you, yeah, you yep, bang yep. it.
5: That comes out immediately. You cut it up. You put it in the, uh, the the hotel pan or whatever your vessel is. And, you know, you just, you do prep work. And then, you know, you get the lunchtime or dinnertime or whatever. And then you're just in the weeds. I mean, you got, it's steamy, it's hot, it's nasty back there. You're washing dishes. And uh, every once in a while, maybe somebody would come back and help you, but, by and large now you were just on your own, this insurmountable pile of dishes. But
0: you were by your own. You were on your own. You were by yourself. That's that's good stuff too. That's yeah, good but stuff you know, too. I didn't
5: I, as a kid I didn't I didn't appreciate that um, leave me the F alone thing back then, like I really do now, right? It's like it's completely true. different. The only thing when you're washing dishes and you're in the weeds is like, Man, I want to get out of here so I can uh, Go meet up with my buddy. that has got a fake ID, and uh, go go get a twelve pack and go and go skateboard.
0: The guy with you the know, premature mustache. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. At eleven at
5: night, we <laughs> so we go you know drink beers and skate at eleven at night in a parking lot somewhere when it's still like a hundred and six degrees outside. You know, in
0: Las Vegas, growing oh, up. Yeah. I mean, this is like in May, June, whatever. Jeez. So I can't imagine being in the kitchen. Then I hadn't thought about that.
5: Oh. Dude, it was brutal. Brutal.
0: I not thought I became about that.
5: Eventually, uh, I became a delivery driver, and uh, that was a whole different world. just woke me up to the strange and uh, uh, I, the, the, hu- the hustle of the delivery world.
0: I, I delivered for Ciro's Pizza in Brooklyn. It was on Avenue X. I have no idea if it's still there. But... um. <sighs> the amount of deliveries i'm i'm still sure that place was a front because there would be whole days i would be there that i wouldn't get any delivery <laughs> orders and the and the the owner who was also the pizza cook would like tip me out for like nothing like i don't know why i was getting tipped out he'd just give me a few bucks for hanging around and i did deliver pizzas on my bicycle however right Which is like, I mean, much of my growing up in Brooklyn sounds like I grew up in the 30s. (laughs) You know.
5: Here, say, kid, take these knives down to the local... uh, (laughs) Get these sharpened, bring them back, and then take my shoes down to the cobbler.
0: (laughs) There was a shoe store. Oh, God. Yeah, and I had a little side hustle even back then. um, I I I would deliver cigarettes. I don't know if I ever told the story on this show to oh. the older people in my building. Oh, yeah. So, so that was, so they would, they would see me hanging out because Ciro's was kind of near some housing and um they would see me mulling about and they would throw totally, down, yeah. yeah, they would, they would throw down socks full of money and yell out Benson and Hedges.
5: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the figures where I worked with, it was kind of like in the hood, you know, where my, uh, where my high school was. So it was really convenient. I get off work and I go right over there. Mm-hmm. And so it was set up. So dot, dotty. Okay. Old oops sorry. Um, old timey, old timey Italian. I mean, just every, everything. If she wasn't like doing her nails in the front, uh, in the <laughs> dining room, she was screaming at everybody, you know, stop whistling there, you know, just all over the place.
0: You fucking retard. Us. That's right. I got that a lot. Yeah. Right,
5: right. So when we had deliveries, we would oftentimes get. The customers or the people we were delivering to, hey, can you stop by Seven Eleven and pick me up a pack of Marlboros? Yeah, you know, I'm like I'm like 16, 17. Well, I'm not you know old enough to you know buy cigarettes, but you know it's fine. You know you walk in, you know they see uh, what you're doing, what and, and they just they, they kind of knew, right? They like, okay, yeah, the cigarettes aren't for you. They're for yeah. you know, I'm buying them for such yeah. and such behind over here in these apartments or whatever. And They're like, yeah, here you go, boom. And then you know, exactly. can you stop by Seven Eleven and give me this? So it was like it was like yeah, delivery service, but they didn't want to buy drinks from. Uh, they didn't want to buy drinks from Figaro's, you know, because they were kind of expensive, and they'd be like, "Oh, do you want to stop by and get me a liter?" I did of Diet some of that go?
0: too. I did some of that and too.
5: So it was like kind of this thing. It was like anything goes. So we had, uh, so so this place I worked for, Figaro's, Jack, Jackie would only hire you if you had to meet certain criteria. One, you were, uh, you're, you, you know, you're, you're in school, but more importantly, it's like the questions were are you going to college and you say yes this is kind of like his his background check right <laughs> are you going to call okay good you know you're a, you're you're a responsible kid whatever blah 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 um two do you have insurance on your car show it to me yes and three are you italian oh yeah so all the delivery kids in there, you know, we were all like, you know, various, various, uh, you know, blood types and amounts of Italian. You know, there was Dion Giolito, which was me. There was Ray Soupy, you know, there was uh, James Looney. I mean, everybody, everybody Jay, much delivered, yeah, everybody that delivered pizza at this place was uh, required to have a vowel at the end of their name, right?
0: That's beautiful. That's yeah. Beautiful.
5: So, and he, later I learned that. I, I later I found out, learned out why. But you know, we can get into that some other time.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't a prereq for my spot for Ceros. Yeah, I'm surprised my right. it's got a it got through the door. But you know, my it's travels a little differently than other it's does. I I, right. I I think I get a wider a, a wider grace of where I'm allowed yeah. as as a right. Hebrew American. But um, so.
5: What I was going to say is, so I, 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 got really, really, uh, learned with the, with the delivery pecking order, right? Cause if you're a new kid, right. So you'd get like, and there were like, back then there were like no minimums for delivery. Right. So like you'd see an order up there. So you, you'd make a percentage of all the orders that you'd take out. Right. Plus tips. Hmm. So if there'd be an order for like 30 or 40 bucks up there, that was a big juicy order, you know, because it's got some like antipasti in there. It's got some uh, chicken fingers that might have a couple of heroes (laughs) in there and then like a pizza. So it's like, boom, you know, I'm going to make like 2% on this or whatever it is, 3%. So, you know, what you do is you'd always look at the tickets in the back and you say, okay, these are the big fat ones. I'm waiting for these to come up. But sometimes you just had to go out because, you know, you're in a rotation, right? So whatever gets into the window, that's what you've got to take. So you'd kind of learn the game, right? so like oh i gotta go to the bathroom (laughs) and then you'd like disappear and you'd kind of time it for like when that big order yeah i gotta go
0: to the bathroom for 22 minutes
5: in the meantime there'd be like an antipasto antipasti salad up there for like for like six dollars that's like five miles across town and you're like i'm not taking this right and like and jackie's like you got to take it let's go come on it's better you got to go and I'm like, no, I'm going to wait. So you'd say, okay, wait for this in this order, you know, because you're headed out that way. And back then, you know, there was no, uh, there was no GPS. There was no, okay. I'm dating myself. Right. It's like going back to the old timey days of the cobbler shop. And
0: again, we're back in the thirties.
5: <laughs> right. So, the so we all had to, you know, get the directions. We all kind of had to know the lay of the line. You were part like taxi driver and part like delivery and part like a uh, gopher. Right. It was like your, your job encompassed the whole thing. So you know, you'd kind of wait for two or three smaller orders to kind of make like an okay, like delivery thing or whatever, but um, there would just be that one salad up there and it would be sitting there. <laughs> it would be sitting there for like 20 minutes. she and the, the lady would cost like. I need my salad. My salad's not, you know, blah blah. And Jackie's like, "Come on, you got to take salad." I'm, like, I'm not fucking taking a six-dollar salad.
0: So, <laughs> I'm sorry that that, that, so- that reminds that reminds me of waiting tables. Not that I've ever really right. done that. Any, uh, I mean, I'm usually right. not allowed front to house for obvious reasons. But uh, it, it's, it's, so, like, so then- it's it's like it's it's like real quick. It's like the table that orders yeah. waters. Nobody wants to wait right. on that table
5: oh yeah then then you're like back every three minutes it's like you pour the water you turn your back and there's nothing but ice
0: and there's no tip and there's no tip in the water gang but anyway go ahead i didn't mean to
5: yeah so so you know jack you'd say okay come on come on you know so he'd reach in his pocket he'd give you like a couple three dollars he's like okay now will you take this i'm like okay fine because (laughs) you're not gonna get tipped on a a friggin six dollar salad you know they're not gonna give you six dollars for the salad and say here's 10 bucks keep (laughs) you know it's always like okay it's six dollars and 47 cents okay well here's the exact change in or here's seven dollars i
0: remember that it was
5: brutal
0: try doing it on a bicycle when somebody pays in quarters and dimes
5: right so that's that's kind of how it was and we learned really quick and so what we found though is so like if somebody was up say like if there were three of us working that day And all right. Ray is up. Ray Ray gets the salad. Good. You know, I'm I'm getting the I'm getting the party pack order that's going out. Ray gets the salad. Take the salad, Ray. (laughs) So you turn your back. Ray would go into the back of the kitchen. He would help pack the big order Uh... that's going. He would staple the ticket to it and he would walk out the door with it.
0: Oh, Ray. And
5: that was we call that was called snaking, right? So you would snake somebody. You would kinda like line jump in front of them. Oh. So you'd be like, Oh, you know, so he'd disappear, he'd go back around in the kitchen and do the whole thing. So like there'd be somebody back there putting, you know, the order together, whatever it is, when it's already putting the bags in there putting the ranch and the, right. you know, the parm or whatever. And so but here, hey, I'll get this for you, I'll get it, no problem. Go you know, go go do whatever you're gonna do. Ray. So he would do that.
0: I'm i di- I'm disappointed would, in Ray. I thought he was right. a good guy. And then
5: he would then he would sneak out the back door, right? All the cars and everything were parked in the front. So what we would do is we'd, we'd take it from the window and then we'd walk it out the front, right? The front door. Right. He would take it out the back, go to his car. So you wouldn't see him. So by the time, <laughs> by the time you are like ready to get your juicy order, the salad is still sitting there. You're like, hey. Ray's supposed to take all oh, he's already gone he took uh the such and such order and you're just so Ugh. then it turned in then it turned into a game right then it turned into lord of the flies after that it was lord of the flies of delivery
0: wow i, I didn't have any of yeah. those politics i was there was only one delivery boy at a time at zeros and there was barely enough deliveries for that but uh, it, and funny i'm remembering the only drinks were canned there was a there you could get can Sprite, Diet Coke, or Coke? That was it. So a lot of my stuff involved pedaling through and getting something at the bodega that wasn't one of those things, like like a, right. you know, like Dr Pepper was like, "Oh my God, we can't do that." What is this? What do you think I am, Dr yeah. Pepper? So then I have to make two stops, and I would get tipped for it because they would realize it. So the people were really nice, other than the people I paid in quarters and dimes.
5: Yeah, and you always ran into them. But then, you know, you would realize that you, you're you delivering to like a CD part. And I mean, you know, Las Vegas, there, there were, when I was growing up, especially down around the Strip, there were a lot of CD parts. So if you knew you had to go into this one, That's uh, true. this one neighborhood, and I'm like, you know, Jackie, so sometimes Jackie, you know, the, the owner would take would take these into these uh into the neighborhoods you know to the
0: particularly bad parts of town
5: yeah yeah be- yeah because he he packed you know he had a gun
0: oh. and
5: you know <laughs> we were kids we could you know and so it'd be like okay this is going to such and you know thirty two twenty five such and such apartment 6a building whatever and i'm like uh-uh,
0: <laughs> so so who cooked there. when he was out Was there okay?
5: No, no. So Jackie was the owner, so he was kind of like the expo guy. Okay, he was kind of like the guy that stood around. So there was a pizza chef too, or whatever. Right. So the cook, yeah, the cook was Joe Rizzo. Joe Rizzo was the cook, and he was the one that did everything, you know. But uh, we can kind of get to him. That's he was the guy. Joe Rizzo. Yeah, he was the kind of the guy. Yeah. So if he, whatever he bet, and it didn't matter if it was a pony, if it was if it was if he was betting the Niners and the Niners were playing whoever, you bet the other team. (laughs) <laughs> because joe always what? why joe would never what win is
0: anything. what is the incredible correlation between people that work in kitchens and gambling i don't think i've ever known a chef that does that that didn't gamble and i mean like nearly like degenerate level gambling
5: oh joe was a degenerate man i mean so Joe looked like he hadn't slept in about two weeks. Okay, he was really gaunt, really skinny, and he was probably like in his 60s. Oh, boy. Um, And it looked like, you know, his eyes, he had these circles under his eyes. It looked like you put – he ground up some – Some uh, charcoal, and then just you know, ground it into your (laughs) eyes. You know, with that anxiety, just you know, rubbing your eyes, and just he always had like these raccoon. Oh man, you know, like he had been staying up or whatever, and he was always mumbling under his mouth, you know, about either a team or something or Jackie or this or that. Joe, Joe, there was—I don't think that there was ever a moment of happiness with Joe. Poor Joe, you know, because I think he kind of was resigned to his fate and his place of where he was, I mean, he was just a go nowhere cook. Huh. You know, he he had resigned that that he's just okay. I'm I'm a degenerate gambler. I'm working for this guy who most likely he owed money to. It's you know? some so type he of indentured
0: getting... servitude going on there.
5: Yeah, yeah, uh, but you know the thing is, he was a really good he was a really good cook. I mean, he made all the sauces. He taught me how to make all the you know like the pizza sauces and. You know, how to do, it was really cool, man. So I really got a a, a a ground level, ground-based knowledge of what goes on in a kitchen when I was very, very young, both in the front of the house and the back of the house uh, with everything from, you know, the only thing obviously I didn't, you know, do or know was like, like bills and sure. stuff like that. You know, I didn't do any of that, but, you know, just the, the goings-ons, the day-to-day nuts and bolts workings of, you know, the kitchen and and, and, and what a miserable Place it is to work. I can tell you that I quit that job like five or six times. And Jackie would call us say, "Dion, come on into work." And I'm like, "No, dude, I quit. I quit." I quit. I'm you know, I'm blah blah blah. He's like, "No, no, no, forget about it." Come
0: okay, you just come on in. Yeah, minutes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Put something on.
5: And, and, and I'm like, and I'm like, Jackie, I'm like, I'm not coming in. I'm not going to work that place fucking sucks. You suck. I'm not coming in. Mm. He's like, no, nah, forget about it. I'll see you in 15 minutes. And I'm like, okay, give me a rate. I, I'm like, he's like, uh, we get like one and a half or 2% on, on the orders. I'm like, okay, give me 3%. And he's like, no, no, no. And he would hang up on
0: it. <laughs> Just he'd, wait for you to call come me in and he'd hang like,
5: up. <laughs> right. He'd, and, and then he'd call me. He's, he's like like 10, 15 minutes later. Are you on your way, and I'm like, no, I'm not on my way. Obviously, I just he's like, okay, forget about it. You know, you're you're coming in to work. I'll see you in fifteen minutes because he'd had nobody coming in because you know you, you, you weren't was in, you, Ray was still in. School. You weren't the only one yeah, he was James, calling,
0: which is the comical part right. of it. Some somebody bites. Right, right, somebody bites.
5: Right. Exactly. James was working over at the uh, the the uh, the shop off Maryland Parkway. Uh, so he like had nobody, I mean, he, it was either him or dot that were probably, you know, delivering. And they were probably like, it was, it was like a time between that, that, that lull time when, you know, between like after lunch service and pre-dinner service where you still got orders going out, but you don't need like three guys. Like the two
0: o'clock time, the famous dead hour in restaurants.
5: Right. Right. And so there was nobody there. And, uh. He's like, you know, come on, and then you know, so finally, I'd, 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 I'd buckle. I'd go in, and you know, I'd, I'd hustle out a bunch of orders, and then by like five or six, you know, then three of us are there, and then, then, then the,
0: then the whole shit
5: shows, and, and you're
0: sucked back in. You're sucked back oh, in. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'll right, tell right. you. You mentioned, you know, being an excellent pizza cook or pizza chef or whatever you want to call it. I don't like the word chef being thrown around a lot. It, not it, but either. I also don't like people that are chefs that refer to them as chefs. Like I'm not going to call you Chef John. It's 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 yeah, it's, not like, it, it's not like it's it's not like uh it's not some kind of a subtitle to your name. I will call you Chef or Chefy, but I'm not going to call you Chef John instead of like Mister Jones.
5: Yeah. But, right. It, like like some sort of
0: doctor. Yeah. Like a, some kind know. of no. So what's what's that word? Like Mister, Mrs., mm-hmm. whatever. But. It's tricky to cook pizza. There's a lot going on. Oh, You're yeah. a baker, oh, yeah. basically. You got to worry about right. the bread. We're not going to get into all that, but uh, there's a no, lot. You got to have the sauce nailed. Right. You got to have the right cheese. Yeah. You got to. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. It's not as easy. as There's it was. a
5: lot going on, right? And and you could screw it up real easy. So we were fortunate that we had a baker that came in like every you know every day three four in the morning whatever, and he'd make, you know he'd he'd, he'd make the pe- he'd make the dough. Gotcha. So we always had fresh dough, and then he would always make the, uh, and they were the best rolls I still to this day have ever had these, you know, these, these hoagie huh. rolls that he would make. And he'd, he'd make them, uh, he'd cook them in the pizza oven, they'd come out, and then fresh rolls. I mean, people would just come in for these bags of of, of rolls, but they really weren't a roll. They were more like, you know, they were like a hoagie,
0: yeah. you know, like six, seven inches or whatever. Like, 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 almost nice like somewhere like, it, like a baguette area. Yeah.
5: Crispy yeah. on the outside, chewy on the inside. I mean, they were, dude, they were just insane how good they were. You know, I still have not been able to find something that that was that fresh baked huh. and that good uh, in my day. Uh, this guy was just mad. But,
0: but I, what I was trying to segue into smoothly was how yeah. hard it is to do. We'll say authentic, but when I say authentic, I mean basically good. There's some stuff that's hard um, that you wouldn't expect. You would think like uh, the story I had and it goes back to dishwashing is um, my family moved when I was about 17 from Brooklyn to Indiana outside of Chicago, but it was rural Indiana, at least compared to Brooklyn. Anything's rural. But um, I met this girl when I was kind of fresh off the boat, so to speak. And she was completely enthralled with the fact that I was from Brooklyn. And she invited me to her house, to her parents' house, and she wanted to cook me an authentic, and I'm going to quote here, an authentic Italian dinner, because I guess she figured I'm from Brooklyn and I'm Italian, right? So she cooked me this thing. It 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 it, it, it was. I ate it. You know, where, where, I was like 17 and a half. She was like, I don't right. know how old we, we were, you know. In her, she cooked. She cooked me something, you know. Right. And uh, it filled the it, void. it filled the void. And then I guess her parents wanted her to clean up after her mess, so she did the dishes by hand. And I'm Mm -hmm. watching her and I'm puttering around a little bit. I'm trying to help. You know, you're in somebody else's house. Is there anything I could do? You have to say that or you're just a complete dick. Oh, of
5: course. Yeah. Or you just jump up and make them feel guilty. She's
0: she's like, no, no, no. You know, I got it. It was only a few dishes. And she's washing the dishes with the sponge, you know, and the soap and all that stuff. She's washing. They're stacked in the sink. Okay. Dirty, stacked in the sink. She picks one up, washes it, just the top. Rinses it off, puts it in the drainer. Again, takes another dish, washes it off just the top, puts it in a drainer.
5: Oh, I love that. I was
0: horrified.
5: Well, so I'll tell you something. I bet they did not get sick or have a disease in that house. I bet I bet their immune system was so robust <laughs> from those filthy dishes that they ate off of. Dang, I mean, that's you filthy. Have anything
0: from, that's filthy.
5: Yeah. Yeah. You could have anything from like dysentery to MRSA, and they probably were just like, you know, they should probably look at that family because somewhere in there is probably the cure for uh, everything. Else right, right. right now, yeah,
0: and it, it, it was just I was watching her, and I was just, and you know, I guess I wasn't the germaphobe yet. Maybe that I that I uh, blossomed into, but. I was just way I'm like, you're not washing dishes. What 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 are you doing? Right. What what did I do? Better yet, what the fuck did I just eat off of? Is this how everybody in the house yeah. washes dishes? Right. Yeah. Where's the bathroom? Right. I do. Do I make myself vomit now, in hopes that I don't poison later? Like, what what's going well, on here? So, the food wasn't that look, good. If they're not.
5: Yeah, if they're not washing the dishes properly, could you just imagine what else is going on in there? I mean, looking at the uh you know, like you said walk into the bathroom, look around oh, the tub, god. you know, look under the toilet seat or worse yet, you know, go into the bedrooms and just look at the sheets, you know, the sheets have probably been on there for like 6 oh months. Oh my god.
0: It's just it's you know? it's terrible. It, it was terrible and and yeah. and it was not authentic Italian food to my understanding to boot, right. you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, uh, but I still, I guess, like I, 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 I long for the days ahead when washing dishes returns to like some kind of meditative accomplishment, like an active meditation instead of like, cause I like, ha- I'll hand wash dishes instead of running the dishwasher because it's relaxing.
5: Yeah. Well, okay. So. I wash dishes to merely get through them as fast as I can. And look, if I'm cooking, if I'm cooking, right, I'm kind of like a clean as I go guy. All right. I'm clean as I go. So it's like in many ways, you know, my wife, my wife and I, we, we see a lot of things the same and we do a lot of things the same, but in, 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 but in the same sentence, we can be the friggin' odd (laughs) couple, right? We can be the odd couple all at once. So I mean, I'm if I'm cooking, I'm I'm as clean as I go. So when she, so like if she's doing something, she's working late or whatever. I got the meal made. Everything's clean. It's done. You know. So pretty much all you have to do is just rinse off the plates, put them in the dishwasher, press start, and that's it. You know. She's cooking, and it involves more than than three things on the plate. Oh. It looks like she's been she's been in the kitchen all day and has practically used every single utensil and, I, and pan that we have uh, in there. So, yeah. and, and, and it's like, so, and it's always rushed, you know, it'll get there. We sit down and invariably maybe one thing got is forgotten, you know, to get on the plate or whatever. And so God bless her. She's a great cook. We sit down, we eat. And then all of a sudden there's just like these mountains, of like dishes and it's usually like okay whoever cooks the other person does and that's not fair right and it's not fair because I you know if I cook a meal I cook a nice meal and then when I go through so pretty much her her uh her time in the kitchen is probably no more than like four to six minutes. (laughs) You know, couple of plates, some silverware, maybe some glasses you know, if there's a I don't know if there's a butter dish out or whatever that you need. I mean, it can all fit like in one half right. of the sink, right? So now if she's done something, I'm looking at I, you know, it's like I get uh I I get PTSD. It's like looking back when I was working at Figaro's and I saw that mountain, that insurmountable pile of dishes when I walked into there, you know, that place when I was a kid, it's like it's like when so like if the dishwasher he's like he cuts out if the dishwasher, like, like say his shift is to like three thirty or four or whatever, and then dishes are coming in, he's pretty much mentally right. checked out. Right. So things are starting to pile right. up. Things are piling up and it's like, okay, the next kid will, you know, the next dishwasher will get it when it comes in. And so he's kind of like doing busy work, but not really busy work. Right. He's doing like yeah. side work, but the dishes are piling up. So like when I walk in, you know, it's just, it's
0: chaos.
5: Right. right. Because he didn't leave a nice uh, working environment or a nice station for me when he left, right? Yeah,
0: but th- but that's another a, great selling point to being a dishwasher. Yeah. What time is it? It's 3.30. Oh, I got to bounce. I never had that right. as a right. chef. Never. Right. What what time are you here until? Right. I, uh, to, I don't know. Until, until right. I don't know. Until right. that last group of right. assholes comes in a half hour before I want to go home right. and orders everything off the menu. Right. Uh,
5: yeah, the six top that came in at, at at seven o'clock, and they and they sit there and they camp out to like a
0: right, 30. right. What time are you going home? Ask those assholes. I don't know. I'm I'll be outside right. smoking a cigarette on an egg crate. I don't know. Leave leave me alone. So my
5: wife, yeah, my wife used to work in fine dining for uh, Charlie oh. Palmer. Um, yeah, and so she was uh she you know she served for a while, but then she was Expo. You know, she was. She, she worked, uh, you know, I, I, I did that for a, a little anyway. bit. She, that was like, actually
0: was one, one of my favorite restaurant gigs when I expoed anyway.
5: So, yeah. So anyways, you get to the point, right? Say like, say like the restaurant closes at 10, right? So you'd always have the thing 950 or 945 people would walk in. I'm not saying anything new that uh, right. everybody knows, you, you know, that's it, been in the food industry or the service industry already, or so, you know, everything's broken down. Everything's ready to go. There's that one table out there. That's just like kind of sitting there. So they had this one guy and it was funny. Uh, DH was the chef. And so he was, he was the dishwasher. Right. But he was like this brute of a man. He was like this brute gruntish of a man, whatever. So they would send him out. They like, okay, such and such go give uh table seven, the business, <laughs> right. He's shaking down customers? So he would, He would, he would, no, he would just lumber out there, you know, and you'd see him coming. You know, this guy, maybe he's got like a little gigantic eyeball going. Maybe he's got a bit of a limp, maybe, you know, and he's just, you know, he's he's hairy and he's big and he's large and looks like he's a pressure head. Right. Like a So he goes out there and he just starts moving things around and wiping down the table and picking things up. So basically (laughs) the table that these people are sitting at, the only thing that's in front of them, the table is spotless. The only thing that they have. Is their wine glass and there's a new setup on the table. There's new silverware. Oh, there's awesome. new everything, and they're like, "Oh well, I, I guess
0: it's time that's to go." That's awesome.
5: You know, but some people just got to be hit over the head. That, like I,
0: that. I, I I never I never experienced that. That guy's worth his weight in gold.
5: Oh yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Oh man,
0: I, I I honestly I I miss my time being a chef, but I have no intention of ever being that again absolutely no intention right. but it's an awesome it, it's just it's an awesome way to make a living for a little bit it's crazy hours it's insane stress it, yeah. it's it's terrible working you really to live
5: on the address oh yeah
0: it's a rush it's yeah, a rush a lot of ups, a lot but of i and, and, yeah.
5: and then after work you go get snot sling and drunk oh that's the money you blow all your tip money the next you know then you get maybe like Three, five, three, four hours of sleep at the most. You sleep till like about 1.30, one, 1 o'clock, 2 or whatever in the morning. And then you got to be at work in like another. It, it, it
0: oh, is, it is brutal. brutal. It took brutal me a while life, to get man. used brutal to not life. living that life. And I don't know how I would have yeah. done it if I went from that to working 9 to 5 in a cubicle. I didn't. I just transitioned to doing what I do now. But then you know the freelance writing well the, that's well, not really it, it's not really it's just it involves me not that's, having to go anywhere basically it's a it's a lack it's a lack that's of like going. come to think of it
5: well well it is it's like going from a, it's from going 100 miles an hour and uh going to a school zone inside <laughs>
0: just feet, slam on the know? brakes
5: yeah slam on the brakes and now all of a sudden it's there yeah. it is you know. Yeah, it, it, it's like sh- being shut the, into... the other thing
0: about working in kitchens is you age out of that it seems. You you don't want to be the oldest guy yeah. in the kitchen. There's always like you like your guy well, at unless, Figaro's, unless you're it, like there's always like yeah. a a right. sad resignation to that guy.
5: Well yeah, it's because yeah, they we see that and it's like I don't want exactly to be there. I, I don't want to be there when I, you know yeah so it's kind of like a reality check it's kind of a wake-up call i mean now like if you're if you're the if you're the chef to cuisine or whatever yeah. you call it if you're the owner or whatever and and, and and you're and you're just and you're just busting it out there's something to be said for that right because oh, now you're right. A right. it's a completely it's like, different oh, situation no, it's, then it's then, then
0: you're a man of the people yeah. because you own the joint you're busting out the food nobody does it like you right. because hopefully you created the menu then it's like you're putting on a show that's completely different than coming in and punching yeah. the clock and grinding it out at 60 i mean i can't right. even imagine physically yeah. doing it at 60 i would have to i would have to get accustomed to it now
5: oh you'd have to uh, you'd have to go down to uh 24 hour fitness like 3 days a week and just uh, and, and 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 do and do exercises there then you'd have to do like uh the other two or three days i just like i think
0: that's when my you know? back stuff started because you would just stand for hours yeah. and I, yeah. I remember getting home and i would have to lay on my stomach on the floor and let those spasms just ride out toward the end
5: yeah well between that between yeah that,
0: yeah. yeah it was you know? my lower back it's always been my lower back good
5: <laughs> yeah well, well and back then too they didn't have the didn't have the shoes, right, for, like, standing for, like, a long time. I mean, you can, you know, wear your K-Swiss yeah. or your New Balance, or that's something that was, like, you had to wear the most, like, comfortable thing, but now they actually have, like, Yeah,
0: they had just things, started. You know, the shoes specifically. They had just made. started cranking those out when I was winding down. Yeah. But it was right. still, like, oh, it, you know, like, it wasn't accepted yet by the general kitchen population, so it was, like, right. oh, look at those clogs. What the hell is that guy wearing? Who does he think yeah. he is while right. standing in, like, like, chucks?
5: Right. You it know? was basically... Yeah, Chuck's right. Exactly. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like it was kind of like the next generation of the air, you know, like the the sandals. You know, from going from sandals to like something with the right, right, and, and the, the kitchen bottom. mats. Did you thing, guys have the thing that I mats really,
0: when you were oh, those were yeah, important? We had, like yeah, everybody did, would claim had, their little mat. Yeah, they were pretty super much. important.
5: Yeah, yeah, and it, well, back in the di- you know, and it was, so we had you know, as a dishwasher, you had to take all right. the mats out and back. You had to spray them down um but i think really the most important the 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 turning point for me in the kitchen was finding those non-slipping shoes oh, yeah. right the shoes that didn't slip so that's actually when i started wearing doc martens
0: oh oh that sounds and so hard though. Martens that for sounds so hard years after that
5: no, but the thing is, they, they were fine, but that sole, it was a non-skid sole, you know, for oil, for, you know, guys that right, in right. garages and stuff like that, it was a workman's shoe. So I'm like, oh, well, if it's going to work there, if it's going to work in, in greasy uh, garages and stuff like that, they got to work for kitchens, you know, and grease, oil and grease and everything. And, and so that's, yeah, so I started wearing them there. And I never crazy,
0: thought of boots.
5: You know, and then everybody started looking. Yeah, they were like, well, uh, so I wore the, the shoes. Okay, right? I, okay. I didn't wear the boots. I just wore the shoes. You know, they had they had like the...
0: Like an you know, Oxford like a, kind of a, a, a six eyelet shoe. kind. Yeah, yeah, gotcha.
5: Exactly right, six eyelet shoe, right. So those are what I wore, you know? And then uh, when I got off work, those went into the trunk and then I put my Vans on, you know, my my, my Chukas or my high-top Vans. Yeah, like
0: that's exactly what I did, except I had one pair of shoes. And I remember skateboarding, I, the grease would have to wear off for a little bit
5: after (laughs) yeah yeah i learned yeah and and, i mean i learned a long time i mean you want to ruin a pair of shoes i mean like overnight work in a busy kitchen work in the back of you they're they're destroyed and not only that you'll get home and not only you know you are obviously like smell a friend you smell the friend what's going on back there famously yeah so right you so say like you go to school the next day right you got you're wearing clean clothes but you're wearing those shoes and all of a sudden you're just like what's that stink (laughs) And then you're like, oh, it's the shoe. Brutal. You, know, you look down, and it's got like, it's got some crust, tomato sauce on just there. It's got grease, crusted over, congealed.
0: Yeah. Just, yeah uh, just nasty. I miss it. I miss and, it.
5: Yeah. So I wore, I wore the uh, the the suede shoes, right? The suede leather shoes. So it there's a, there's yeah, no I was way to say clean suede. them. B, they soak up. It's everything like you're wearing that sponges. In, everything uh. that drops. Yeah. Right. Right. There's no way to clean them. You get a stain on there. You get an oil stain that doesn't go away. It's there forever. (laughs)
0: It's there forever. I'll tell you. I love the. I love the way it would make my chucks look because I don't. I love chucks. I don't really wear them anymore, but I have a few Mm -hmm. pair. Um, Yeah, 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 me too. My toes, no toe box. Yeah. Oh, weird. And uh, anyway, but I don't like new chucks. I don't like the way a pair of pristine-looking Chucks look. But if you wear them a couple of days in a kitchen, you get, like, that really nice, aged Chuck Taylor look instead of, like, in a couple of months and a couple of days. They just – a kitchen makes them look perfect, I would say. I would say. And on top, skateboarding, too.
5: Yeah,
0: sans sans the stink. (laughs) All right, you know, I uh, I got to do stuff today, Dion. I'm not sure what, I'm not sure right. what, but I, I think we did another show just now.
5: Yeah, it it happened. A, another miraculous. Event it's just occurred. it's
0: it's it's like it's magic. It's really just because what's magic? It's 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 doing something that would be seemed to be impossible. That would that we, it's like, but yeah. out of thin air.
5: Could you imagine if we did more than one show a week? the 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 responsibility would be crushing. I was
0: afraid to move to once a week, but we're doing it. But more than one a week, I yeah. do my daily show. That's 10 ish minutes every day, and I'm a, a, amazed. I have ten minutes of stuff to talk about every day. But I, I got to tell you, and I got to thank everybody listening at home. Kapowitz Radio is flying high. I mean, captive audience. Yeah. Aside, is still nobody's telling you right. you got to listen to this stuff I'm putting out. So thank you for just for some reason listening to it.
5: Yeah, new, new and unique and refreshing. <laughs> I mean, not refreshing. <laughs> I think in the general <laughs> podcast world because it's pretty much all yeah. the same at this point. And, and there's probably somebody out there can say, oh well, you know, their show is just like. 20 other shows out there but you know what in the context of what we do in our in, in our world as far as like cigars and industry and stuff like that i mean it's it's refreshing for us and i and i mm. hate to say it
0: uh and,
5: and, and it's well what is it what is it is it copy copying or is a serious sincerest form of flattery, yeah, uh, or uh, what's that imitation
0: at this the sincerest form of flattery. Imitation, Yeah, right. Yeah, S- says the right. person doing the so, copying, I would imagine, not the person being right. copied. But, uh, but yeah, well, kind of what you're saying, and if I could interrupt real quick, so refreshing is what you and I do that when I hear it done two or three times afterward by different people, it still retains a little bit of freshness.
5: Yeah, but it's, it's, it's very it's
0: annoying. It's very annoying. annoying but what time. are you going to do? what are you going to do
5: yeah well what what did, what do they say about composers good composers borrow great composers steal yeah.
0: yeah and in a small industry sorry i just started talking with a mouthful of coffee yeah. in 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 a, in a smaller industry you don't always get the premier presenters you get guys of that industry so you get cigar guys right Positing themselves as entertainers or presenters, and they're not necessary. They're cigar guys. Well, plus, you don't get you don't get somebody as
5: yeah, and you don't get somebody uh, as polished as say uh, that's a guy like yourself that's been doing. Right. It well, while, I've been
0: right? doing it for years before this because when I talk about that yeah. transition, it wasn't so you, you kind of have here. it down. It was comedic stuff. It right. was uh, it was other stuff that I'm not going to talk about, and it's not even on the internet anymore. Right. But um. <laughs> <laughs> bachelor parties and bowling alleys sometimes both yeah but no it, it's it's yep. it's it's whatever and i'll flick shit at people once in a while but you know whatever
5: because you know they're going to be listening oh uh, they listen you know they're they be listen.
0: listening i could tell i i i know who's seeing what when it hits kapowitz media and uh, i'm just going to leave it at that
5: and we know who all of <laughs> you are.
2: Amazing. I, I didn't like that one. I
5: didn't like that one.